0: Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast, brought to you by DraftKings. Great deal going on. Put in your deposit, and you get a hundred or uh, up to a thousand dollars in possible free plays. Uh, got to be a new customer with Brad Alice on Mike Luke. I really apologize. I got caught in a line and I couldn't get out. So here we are. We're uh, we're here to get started. Lots of uh, lots of comments on here, so we'll get to those. But Brad. Uh, Since we last talked, uh, the Pac-12 basically lost the two uh, uh, teams that matter. What are your thoughts?
1: You know, it's, yeah, it's a surprise, and it's not. Uh, You knew the landscape was going to have to change. I honestly thought we were going to see that alliance between the Pac-12, the Big 12, and the ACC kind of form a super conference. Um, I, I understand the Big 10s desire to add USC and UCLA. If that is all they end up doing, I'm a little surprised that's it. To me, you you should probably go for a full Western uh, expansion. Um, But it sounds like Arizona's administration is being proactive instead of reactive. And that's what you have to do right now. Um, You know, I made my prediction. I think Arizona and the Mountain Schools will join the Big 12 at some point in the next week or two. And then negotiations will begin to do absorb the Pac-12 and whether that's just Washington and Oregon, whether that's the entire Pac-12 merger. But I think if you're Arizona, you've got to secure yourself first. And if you're the big 12, you take those four schools in a heartbeat, because then you're in a position of power to negotiate either with the Pac-12 or the ACC, as there are going to be some teams, I think, looking to jump ship from the ACC, which sounds ridiculous in in some regards because it is, you know, the number one basketball conference, the ESPN darling, but this is all about football. That's what college sports is right now. It's all about football. And, you know, if, uh, you know, as good of a brand as Duke basketball and North Carolina basketball are, uh, as weird as it sounds, Oklahoma state football is a more valuable commodity overall.
0: Now, when I, when I first heard the news, the one thing I don't understand again, and we've talked about this throughout the week, if you're the PAC 12 commissioner, and again, I get that you're new, how does this blindside you? Because this was already done, Brad, you had 20, I mean, when this was leaked on Twitter, you all, this, everything was done. And so it wasn't like it was just a couple people in here. You had probably a couple dozen people that were in on this. How does that happen?
1: Apparently, it was just super well orchestrated. Apparently, the two ADs from USC and UCLA didn't even speak to each other until about 48 hours before the uh, announcement was made. I don't know how it happened. Um, While I would like to be able to blame uh, the the commissioner, no one else knew about it either. So the Big Ten went full Cold War (laughs) espionage, meeting on bridges, and I don't know how they did it, but they did it. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's much like, you know, the Texas, Oklahoma thing, the big 12 basically bent over backwards to accommodate those two schools, especially Texas. And they got screwed. The PAC 12 for years has bent over backwards to accommodate USC to mostly and UCLA secondarily and, and got screwed. And I think again, when the smoke clears, the big loser in this is, is the, the PAC eight, 10, 12. And, uh, and I don't,
0: and I don't believe, and uh, we're going to get to a lot of your guys' comments here in just a second. Again, I do apologize for uh, getting on here late; that uh, definitely was my fault. But the one thing that I will say is that Arizona, right now, I don't, I don't the Pac-12 as it it is. It can't sustain, Brad. You saw the report from John Canzano where the TV rights deals went from 500 million to 300 million, just with the loss of two teams right there. And so, when you're looking at revenue, you're talking about 50 million per school going, or or something like that, going down to 30 million. That's a drastically different thing when you're looking at budgets, when you're looking at uh, how everything is set up.
1: Yeah, I think the only way the Pac-12 survives is a Power Five conference is you have to poach the Big 12. You have to strategically add the Mountain West and, again, form some kind of alliance with the uh, ACC. Uh, Because if you look at it, the Pac-12 was already number five, at least in football and basketball. And you lose, you know, and people forget, UCLA has not been very good at football for a while, but most people don't realize that. Right. You know, you ask most people like, oh, yeah, UCLA. They probably finish second every year. Um, So that is something to consider. But it's the L.A. market. And while the L.A. market for college sports is not huge, it's a pro town. But all big cities are pro towns. Right. Um, You know, ASU, while Phoenix, Arizona is almost as important for the Phoenix market as ASU is if you look at. Eyes on the product, especially streaming, and that's something we're going to have to, whether it's today or in the future. Streaming is huge factor in this, and that might be the only way the Pac-12 survives if they can figure out by getting those brainiacs at Cal and Stanford and in Cronkite and U of A and Washington. I mean, there's some smart people there to figure out the streaming aspect and whether that's Apple or Amazon. But that's what I think the Big Twelve is probably doing. My guess is reading the tea leaves, I think CBS is behind suddenly the Big 12 because CBS needs content. Right. Because Fox is Big 10, SEC is ESPN. If CBS wants to stay in the college sports world, and they absolutely should, they and maybe along with whether it's, you know, what do they have, Paramount Plus uh, or whether it's, uh, you know, through Amazon or Apple need content because live content is the hardest thing to get right now and that's where all the advertising is uh that's one reason you're seeing pro wrestling getting bid on huge because right it's live content you know for all the spoilers that comes out over a stranger things the spoilers in sports is you know and award shows and concerts so i think the digital landscape is is very important and that's a feather in Arizona's cap is and I don't know what the current numbers are, but I know in the first couple of years of the Pac-12 network, the most viewed audience was Arizona basketball fans, men's basketball. Are there we- were more viewers in Phoenix for Arizona sports than there were for ASU. So Arizona fans. Tune into Arizona sports, at least digitally, um, while they don't have the football and at the end of the day, it's all about football. But Arizona basketball fans are loyal and watch the product. Arizona women's basketball fans watch the product. Softball fans watch the product. Now, those numbers may be minuscule, but if you're trying to create a Big 12 network as part of Paramount Plus or part of Amazon or Apple or Peacock, those numbers do start to add up, and Arizona provides – that's something they provide beyond – being what is it, the 68th largest television market.
0: Are we overrating the impact of ASU right here? And here's what I mean by that. You keep hearing about the Phoenix market. I don't really know. Does does ASU Athletics, and again, this is I guess this is a question I'm just throwing out there, but does ASU Athletics resonate in the Valley, Brad, to where it's a prominent force given the amount of the population that's there, or is it just because it's a big city?
1: I think they're very similar to UCLA.
0: Yeah.
1: And frankly, USC minus football. Um, It does resonate. I think, again, I think if you're looking at the Phoenix market and reading some of these national columns, it sounds like they lump Arizona into the Phoenix market. Much like Oregon is the Portland market. Because I keep seeing people, well, Oregon's a small market. No, it's Portland. I mean, Portland's not a huge market. Um, You know, just like I think as much as Salt Lake City is an important market, you have half that market right now with BYU. But right. so yes, I think AS. I think that's the the saving grace for ASU, frankly, for a lot of this is they have the what is it the eighth largest T or the eleventh largest TV market in the sixth largest city, uh, because right now ASU athletics, you know, football's down, basketball's a non-factor, and while the secondary sports are pretty good with a great history and track record, right now Arizona bat, women's basketball is better than ASU women's basketball, especially right. with the retirement arizona baseball is better than asu baseball now that's going to be cyclical um and softball or 50 50 um so yeah but i think again when you control the phoenix market yes now if for some reason the big 10 goes crazy in their expansion they would pick arizona over asu because of the academics the aau stuff that's not happening now maybe in the future but I think right now Arizona and ASU are joined at the hip because it gives you that that Phoenix market, and that's an important market. If you look at the Big 12, they just added their second largest market when they added Houston. Right. Um, And they have Dallas, but in in essence, they're losing Dallas because of Texas. Again, TCU is a drop. But they have the potential to add three top – I think it's three top 35 markets Mm -hmm. uh, in Phoenix – Salt Lake City and Denver. Um and then, you know, then if you add Oregon and Seattle, you add two more top 30 type markets. And the the thing I wouldn't count out either, San Diego State. Right. Then you're in Southern California, and that helps with recruiting in the Big 12.
0: Brad, have I ever told you about the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX?
1: You know, you've mentioned it once or twice.
0: All right, so here's the deal, because you're probably wondering, where's Mike going with this? All right, football's over, basketball's over, no UFC, but the best thing that you can do right now is get in there, and if you bet on anything, you put down your down payment, you can get a $1,000, up to a $1,000 free bet. 21 and up, Arizona only, got a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Is there a wrestling coming up, Brad, that you would bet on?
1: You know, over the weekend, we had money in the bank from WWE, but next month, you got SummerSlam. And they do, they do cool things on draftings. They do like, uh, oh, it's almost like gambling on uh, the Oscars. You can pick right. like how many pinfalls. So you're not betting on the wins and losses, but you can say, like, who's going to have the first pinfall? Who's going to have the longest introduction? Things like that. So there's some fun stuff you can play on there and, uh, yeah, take advantage of those free plays.
0: All right. So again, 21 and up Arizona, only new customers. All right. When I want Arizona to move on to the big 12, mainly because I think the PAC 12 has done its charter or not its charter members, but a lot of its members wrong here, Brad. And I'll give you the example here. How cool would it be to see Arizona and a home and home going into fog Allen field house once per year? Because here's where the difference lies in my opinion that game would be highlighted on ESPN probably on a Tuesday at five o'clock, something like that, as opposed to being buried on the PAC 12 network at nine o'clock with a guy who, and again, I'm okay with Bill Walton, but who's more interested in talking about things that aren't even on the court right there. That to me is just the simple things that major conferences get
1: that. I just don't think the PAC 12 ever got. Again, let's assume it's CBS and I'm, and I, I keep going with or CBS. CBS right. What if you're the, The noon Saturday game on CBS, which that game was in 2003. Right. Uh, Three. Yeah. Because I was at that game at Fog Allen Fieldhouse. Mm
0: -hmm. The Salim game.
1: The Salim game where they unveiled uh, Paul Pierce's jersey. Almost hit my brother in the head as he was in the (laughs) last row. Um, Okay. But and then again, just look at the Big 12 right now. Um, You got Arizona Baylor. You've got Arizona. Houston. uh, Houston. Arizona, uh, Cincy, West Arizona, Virginia, West Virginia, Texas Christian right now is a rivalry game. Um, it's a better basketball conference top right. to bottom. And I know they lost Oklahoma. Who's good. And they lost Texas. Who's disappointing mm-hmm. in basketball right now. Um, but then again, would that bolster Utah basketball? Might. Right. thing. I think the thing other people overlook might help Arizona football. Um, That is a wide open league right now. I mean, who's the big dog in that league right now? Oklahoma State, Baylor, Baylor, Mm -hmm. TCU's just went under a coaching change. Uh, Patterson's gone. Yeah, so while Arizona is rebuilding, I think we all saw the specter of USC and wondered, can right now you could be in a Western Division and if, if Baylor or Texas Tech is the big dog or Oklahoma, you can again. You have to have the coaching. You have to have the recruiting. But it might be wide open now. You could also be in a, in a Western Conference with Utah, Oregon, and Washington, right. and be in trouble. But there is an opportunity there for Arizona in football. Um, you know, there, and I think the other thing to look at is there's an opportunity for Arizona softball, women's basketball, and baseball to get a real shine. Right. Um, again, they lost Oklahoma and Texas in those sports. Um, you know, and and they have other really good teams. You know, as we have seen, Texas Tech baseball is really good right now. Baylor has been pretty good in a variety variety of sports. Oklahoma State in the bat sports. But, you know, Arizona can, and again, I think the digital rights is where Arizona is really going to make their play. They can say, yeah, we have a rabid fan base for softball that most teams out West don't have.
0: All right, our guy Brad Malone, bear down bias, said my worry is U of A did not put emphasis on football for decades. And I hope it does not leave Tucson out in the cold. Arizona basketball will be fine. Football is a different story. I'm actually I think the move to the Big Twelve is actually good for Arizona football for a variety of reasons. First, there like you said, it's not like you're going into this murderer's row where you're having to play Alabama, Georgia, you know. Texas A&M week in, week out. Sure, there are some really good teams in there. Your Baylor's, like, you know, Oklahoma State's generally good if you bring in Utah, but there's a lot of games in there that you can win, especially if you continue to get, if you continue to bring in uh, talent, you know, Kansas State is a, Kansas State is a winnable game. Kansas is a winnable game. I can keep going on and on down the list. There's nobody outside of maybe one or two teams that you're like, man, they don't have any chance right here, Brad.
1: You know, what you have to look at is, I think people are forgetting that it's not the results these leagues care about. Right. It is, what can this football product bring our league? Right. And again, I've seen conflicting reports, but I know Dane Miller with uh, one of the Pac-12 sites did a report on the 2018-2019 pre-COVID revenues. Mm Mm-hmm. And Arizona was seventh or eight. I think they were eighth in the Pac-12. Right. But they were closer to being third than they were to being ninth. And they were something like $45 million in revenues and $20 million in profit. And they were ahead of ASU. They were ahead of UCLA. They were ahead of someone else. And that's what you have to say. Is Arizona willing to further commit to football? And maybe commit a little bit more. And I think you're, if you're Arizona, you're like, sure, we'll add five or seven million to the budget if it means getting more media rights and getting into your league. Um, because if Arizona wins, they're going to start drawing 45, 50,000 again. Right. Um, they're going to start watching on TV again. Um, so that is more important than the fact that Arizona has only won one game or two games. or uh, Because if they get good, people will start to watch. Frankly, if Oregon state starts getting good again at football, I don't know if people were going to watch. Right. Um, you know, same thing with Washington state. That, that's why those two teams are at the biggest risk of getting left out of all of this. There's a very real chance that those are mountain West teams. You know, the one that does baffle me a little Cal, seems to be on the outside looking in. Um, but yeah, so I think, yeah, Arizona resonates more. Um, and again, if it means bringing in the Phoenix market and Arizona willing to invest a little more in football and that's easy enough to commit to, then I think Arizona's going to be just that.
0: let me ask you this. We talk about Arizona a lot. We like, I like making fun of ASU. Will ASU ever be nationally relevant in a way in basketball or football, the way that Arizona is in basketball?
1: I don't think so. And I'll tell you one big problem they have with the exception of USC football and Miami uh, football, what big city? UCLA basketball. It's not the big city markets that become national powers. Right. Now, adjacent to a big... Yeah, I mean, Ann Arbor, Michigan's what? 45 minutes from downtown Detroit or whatever? Right. But I just don't think you have... Frankly, the, the the passion with the boosters because we keep hearing that ASU is a sleeping giant. Well, why? Because they're in Phoenix. Phoenix is cool. Tempe is cool. Well, then why isn't UCLA football better? Right. Why isn't you know a lot of these big cities? All your national powers are in small. Now they're usually Tuscaloosa, Alabama; Austin, Texas; Norman, Oklahoma; Durham, North Carolina. Is Durham close to Charlotte? Yeah, but. At the rise of that, Charlotte was like the 70th media market. They're bigger now because of the tech boom. Um, you know, Washington football from time to time. But I no, I don't know. I would think, could the right coach go in there and make him a powerhouse? Absolutely. But that's true with 85% of the program. So until someone does it, I'm going to say no.
0: Right. I would agree with you on there. Uh, let's see here. If the move to the Big 12 happens two basketball matchup each year with uh, Kansas and Baylor has me salivating. You know, it's funny. I was talking with our guy and I don't think I'm speaking out of turn. There's a lot of people like Matt Muehlbach who, you know, who are athletes here at the U of A or, you know, grew up who are really upset about the, uh, about the PAC 12 dissolving right here. And, you know, I get it because, you know, they're lettermen. This was, you know, this was what, this is what they did. But I also look at it and just say to myself, doesn't it feel almost kind of like it's time? I mean, The Pac-12 has essentially been a joke. I mean, not a joke, but it's been nationally looked at as a distant, distant fourth or fifth now for quite a while. And on top of that, we can't let a lot of these presidents off the hook right here. I mean, uh, uh, Larry Scott got extensions. Larry Scott got raises from a lot of the, um, and was rubber stamped by a lot of these presidents, which shows me a lack of understanding that Larry Scott was doing a very bad job there. And I think a lot of this was just academics that were saying to themselves, yeah, who cares? Do you rubber stamp? Let's just keep it the way it is.
1: You know, I've seen something and I find it very interesting where people have mentioned that uh, U of a, and I think to a lesser extent, Utah fit the culture of the big 12 better. Right. So I'll ask you this, Mike, and this is to be the biggest loss of the Pac-12, is the the Pac-12 basketball tournament in Vegas. Mm-hmm. What two fan bases showed up and showed out regardless of the strength of the team?
0: Arizona, Utah.
1: Utah. Now, some mm-hmm. of that was proximity to, to Salt Lake City. For sure. And proximity to Tucson. But that, to me, is one of the problems with the Pac-12 is it doesn't have rabid fan bases. There are exceptions. You know, I think Washington football still brings in 80,000 even when they suck. Right. Um, but you know, USC, they might have 60,000, 100,000 seat stadium if they're not winning whereas Alabama was six win Alabama still sells out generationally. Right. Um, and now Arizona's not there, but Arizona men's basketball especially lesser extent the non-revenue sports is a big time fan base that rivals pretty much anyone with maybe the exception of Kentucky. Right. Kentucky's just different. Kansas is really good too, but I've been to tournament games when Arizona and Kansas have both been there and it's pretty close. Right. Um, Because all those guys our age and uh, and maybe even more your age who
0: grew (laughs) up don't want me in with you, William,
1: who grew up watching Carolina and Kansas and Duke and said, I want to be them are now putting their money where their mouth is. Um, so I think culturally Arizona might fit in a little bit better with the big 12, with the, the, those fan bases and with those schools who really care about athletics and say what you want about president Robbins, he cares cares about athletics, right? Which we, you know, we saw with some presidents and some we haven't. Right. Um, and you're right. Cal doesn't care about athletics. And that's one reason a team in the Bay area is going to get left out. Right. And Stanford might not care enough. Um, you know, I don't, I, again, does ASU care? I think they do. Uh, but they're running it oddly. Uh, you know, Washington cares, Oregon cares. But at the end of the day, does Wazoo care? I don't know. Right. But A- Arizona right now cares. And Robbins, again, also I'm going to do this. Robbins ties to Texas in the Big 12. That's going to help as well uh, sell Arizona here. So, again, I I know we're talking like it's a done deal. I don't think it's a done deal, but I think it's the most logical place for Arizona and these other four schools to be um, when the smoke clears from all
0: this. I want to ask I want to ask you something about what happened when you know I was growing up to the, with the Pac-10 and where we are now but first real quick DraftKings Sportsbook app code word PHNX All right you might be thinking to yourself Mike what do you think what's your DraftKings pick of the week My DraftKings pick of the week in UFC and I'm getting this from Kobe Thiel who uh, messaged me saying Rafael Fiziev lightweight in the main event take it for what it's worth that's my pick of the week right there 21 and up Arizona only. If you got a gambling problem, call 1 800 next step. They'll get you taken care of. Again, I know nothing about UFC, but Kobe does know about it. So throw that one in there. William, do you know anything about UFC?
1: Very little. I tend to, I think the strategy used to be bet on the Brazilian, and I don't right. think that's true anymore.
0: Right. <laughs> I, I think that's probably the case as well. So again, uh, check it out DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. All right. I was thinking about this. What, what happened to the PAC 12? Because when I was, and you see it, Steve Ramirez and a couple other people have made this point. Um, when I was growing up in the mid nine or, you know, in the mid nineties, PAC 12 basketball, granted, it wasn't a, the ACC, but, or I'm, they, as the S or excuse me, the big East is probably a better example, but you had two top five to seven programs in Arizona and UCLA which was always a big deal when they got together. It was at the height of the Jim Herrick era, Lute Olson, Mike Montgomery always kind of had that top 10 to 12, something like that. And then there would always be kind of a fourth team, whether that was an Oregon team that got hot or a um, an ASU, heck, and even an ASU team for a couple of years there that made a sweet 16, I believe. And in football, You had Washington was a national power for the early part of the 90s. USC was obviously in the Rose Bowl with John Robinson. Arizona had two top 10 finishes. ASU had a top five finish. What happened from the mid-90s to where we are now approaching the mid-2020s where that just went away?
1: Well, I would say this. I would say with Pac-12 football, you had a stretch, and I want to say from about 96 to early 2000s, you could argue if there was a four team tournament, the Pac twelve would could have won four or five championships. Right. Those USC teams, uh, the Oregon State team with uh with uh the two receivers, the Erickson Oregon State team, the mm-hmm. Joey Harrington, Oregon team, mm-hmm. the Arizona ninety eight team. It was deep. It was deep. Um I think a few things happened. One, the advent of streaming and things right. like that. I can go play for Texas and my mom, I'm B. My mom can see every game, right? Uh, I can go, I can go to uh, Alabama. My mom can see every game. Um, I can FaceTime mom at home. I don't have to just call. And, I don't have to use my calling card to find a phone, uh, pay phone in the dorm. I right. Just pick up. Two bad hires. Right. Uh, UCLA hired Steve Alford and kept with him for too long. Um. Uh, stanford made bad hires uh usc football have they still replaced pete carroll
2: right ucla I, football right
1: um even even you know washington football they they haven't been able to fire you, you can and then you combine that with arizona falling on some hard times with the the infractions under miller who who again i know people are like love to jump on miller but if that doesn't happen, Arizona's probably been in the Final Four by now. So you, right. you throw bad hires with talent leaving the the thing with, you know, some bad TV with the Pac-12 network. Right. It's a failure. Um, and it all adds up. And, uh, you know, teams now come in and poach the best players.
0: Right. Okay, Brad. Before we sign off here, and again, everybody, really hot, thank you guys for all hopping in here. Um, I wanted to ask uh, Kenny Abbey has a special question for you. Sorry to go off, but can if you ask uh, Brad about how he feels sees da- Dalen Terry fitting with in with the Chicago Bulls? What do you think about that?
1: I think the beauty of Dalen Terry is he fits in with most teams, right? Um, and again, right now, my guess is he'll they'll bring him along slowly. I guess I I didn't check the stats, but I know he played pretty well in one of their first uh, summer games. Or summer practices. Um, I think as a a three and D guy in the modern NBA, he will be fine. He's a guy who, again, do you need him to start at the three? Great. He can do it. Do you need him to come off the bench and give you minutes at the one, two and three? Great. He can do it. Um, You know, the way the team is constructed today, they might not be constructed tomorrow, but he's a guy who at least as the, as this version of the NBA exists, he has a place um, because he is such a versatile player. Um, you know, when you look at a Christian Koloko, needed to go to the absolute right system, right? Um, even with DeAndre Ayton, you look at the trouble he's having. Maybe find home because he has to go to the right system. Guys like Terry and Matherin can pretty much play on almost any team in the NBA as long as we're doing the outside-in game.
0: Right. Okay. Real quick before we sign off here, then Alfred Chavez makes a great Alfred Chavez, fantastic man person by the way. Any chance the Big Twelve plays basketball, football championships in Vegas? I would love to see that happen, but one thing that I would like to see is the Pac-12 refs stay in the Pac-12, though. They don't get to come over to the Big 12 as well. They should stay over there,
1: William. The Big 12 and the Big 12 is a really well-officiated conference because it's got that balance right. of aggressive, hard play that you see from the, the Midwest and the East Coast and then wide open West. Uh, I think they could. I think you could see a a, a, a situation where... The the it rotates. I know it's been in Kansas City a lot. I know it's been, I think, in Dallas a lot. But I could see Vegas. It's a it's a transportation hub. If suddenly you have five or six or seven teams, because people forget BYU is coming to the conference as well, right? Uh, so if you have five schools within driving distance, right, that might make it very attractive because you know Kansas is coming, uh, you know Oklahoma State is coming. Just like I think you know Arizona is probably going to come. Uh, to those other locations just maybe not 10,000 Arizona fans it may only be 4,000 but right uh, so yeah I could see it being in the rotation every few years as long and frankly let's also not forget that I think Vegas aggressively goes after these tournaments that's Mm. why you have what some years you'll have five there simultaneously and they have the venues and you know when you look at the the new arenas being built and every everyone's trying to fill their arenas so yeah I think. There's a realistic possibility it could at least be in the rotation like every four or five years, assuming a full westward expansion uh, of those four teams.
0: He's Brad Alice. I'm Mike Luke. Everybody again, really apologize. Brad, thanks for hanging in there, buddy. It means a ton.
1: Nah, just, you know, just postponed my lunch. I do this on my lunch break. Just postponed it. Kept working.
0: Okay, Brad, we'll talk to you next Tuesday. Thanks again, buddy. Sounds good. All right. We'll talk to all of you soon. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.